Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 21. Charlie looked out over the library from his makeshift office in the gas station. The computers were being delivered. Over the previous several weeks, hundreds of books, back issues of magazines and newspapers in Spanish and English from around the world had been delivered, carefully cataloged and prepared for the use of anyone who wanted to access them. The library was close to completion. The old rotary phone he was using to call his foster parents took forever to dial the international code from his AT&T calling card compared to that of a push-button phone. It was time to finish the book. After all, that's why he was in Mexico anyway. He wasn't there to build a library, but to write a book. People back in California were waiting for the finished copy, and the time had come for Charlie to get back to work. First, the book must be finished. Then he must go home and get on with his law practice. Before he could finish the book, though, he needed to get unstuck. What happened on that spring trip? Seemingly, from what he'd learned from his foster sister, nothing, but he still had to be sure. The phone rang once, twice, three times. Come on, get there before the answering machine picks up. Four times, a frail voice. His foster mother answered the phone. This was mother, the only one he'd ever known anyway, and he called her such. Mom, it's me, Charlie. Charlie, is that you? Yes, Mom, you need me to speak up? Can you speak up, honey? I'm having a hard time hearing you, okay? Where are you? I'm in Mexico, said Charlie. Oh, good Lord, honey, Mexico. What on earth are you doing in Mexico? Vacation? No, Mom, I'm working on the book. Honey, I'm not even going to ask why you had to go to Mexico to work on your book, she said. Good. It's a long story, said Charlie. Dad okay? He's at the hardware store looking for one thing or another. Mom, listen. Well, I need to ask a question about something. It's going to seem a sort of a strange thing to ask, I suppose. But, well, here goes, okay? His foster mother hesitated at first, but then encouraged her foster son. She could tell his voice sounded troubled and concerned. It wasn't his normal tone of voice. That's why she hesitated. What is it, honey? Mom, do you remember that summer when we all went skiing up at the lake and, oh, the boat sank? She completed his sentence. She added the end of his sentence before he could, actually. How could I ever forget that, she continued. Well, honey, your dad just walked back in the door. Would it help to talk to him? Okay, Mom, let me talk to Dad. They exchanged hellos. Charlie went through the entire boring explanation of what he was up to again. He was careful to make sure his dad didn't read too much into the situation. He had a way of overreacting. There certainly was no need for that. He listened patiently as Charlie explained. Do you remember what we talked about the night we got there? The father asked. Dad, we talked about a zillion years ago here. 
I remember it like it was yesterday, said his father. Well, I remember I told you about your real mom and dad. You know, how you came to be with us. Dad, you're getting me mixed up with one of the other kids. No, no, he said. I told you that night. I remember it, Charlie. You, he emphasized the word you, had been going on for a few months about how your real parents were strangers to you. I remember that it took some planning for me to do this because of, well, because of what happened. I don't know what happened, said Charlie. Are you serious? asked the father. Do you really not know? I know I told you up there at the lake that first night on that trip. He was very sure of himself. His dad had no reason to lie. He wasn't in fact mistaken either. He had told Charlie about his real parents that night before the boat accident, the dumb little accident that could have been deadly, but turned out to be something a few stitches and insurance money could easily fix. They'd learned to laugh about it over the years. The night before though, what was that? Somehow it started coming back to him. Maybe it was the, you know, blow to the head, or maybe it was that he had just blocked it out all these years. Whatever the case, his memory was joggled now, and the memory began to flood portions of his brain that caused deep thought. Dad was right. He had told him, you know something, Dad, you're right. You did tell me. I can't believe I've forgotten all that, but I did. Charlie, are you all right? His foster father's voice was filled with deep concern for his son. I'm okay, Dad. I'm trying to work through all this book stuff, like I said. Really, I'm okay. Well, listen, you take care of yourself, okay? Here, your mother wants to talk to you for a minute. He heard the phone being passed to his mother, and she asked, Is that going to go in the book, what you and Dad were talking about? I'm not sure yet, to be real honest with you, he said. It depends. I'm not sure I remember everything that happened that day. Is that what you need to know, honey? You need to know what happened that day? I'm surprised you don't remember. Well, I remember most things, said Charlie, like the fact that I got stitches, everything about the crash. I remember all that. What I'm looking for is, well... I don't know what I'm looking for. It seems like something is missing, though. Mom, I'm having a hard time writing through that part of the book. I'm stuck. I need to get this cleared up before I can go on. Well, honey, her voice was reassuring. I'm just not sure what it is you're looking for. We went camping, too, as I recall. I remember that, said Charlie. Do you know that the insurance paid for a new boat? I remember that too, said Charlie. I just don't know, Charlie. We drove up there, we pitched our tents and had fun. Honey, it was a long, long time ago. I do remember it being fun, he said. Oh yes, your father insisted on all of us having a good time. Whenever we took the boat out or did anything as a family, he loves all of you just as if you were his kids, which really you are. I know that, Mom said Charlie. Your father used those opportunities to talk to you kids, you know, about things. What kinds of things? 
asked Charlie. You were transfixed on this, I want to know who my parents are thing, and all of you went through it. We never discouraged, and your father insisted on telling all of you the truth. You were the most persistent about it. You ask about it constantly. Funny, once your questions were answered, you never ask again. Charlie halted the conversation right there. First of all, you and Dad are our parents, all of us kids. Having said that, though, I have no memory of having some huge desire knowing about my real parents. In fact, I don't even know anything about my real parents. Charlie, how could you possibly say that? I know we've told you about your parents, said his mother. Mom, listen to me. I have no idea what you're talking about, really. Good Lord, Charlie, that's not funny. Mom, I'm telling you, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know anything about them. Charlie could hear the familiar sound of the back door that led to the garage of the home he grew up in slam in that special way. A memory overload brought the entire picture clearly into his head. His mother on the phone sitting at the butcher block breakfast table. She always wore an apron. The ceiling fan humming up above. His father mouthing the words, Who is this? He talked more with his mother and then to his father about nothing and everything. They made plans to see each other once Charlie had finished the book. Once he sufficiently convinced them that he was okay, they all said their goodbyes and hung up. Mystery solved, or was it? The next thing on his list was to talk to Maria. Since the Santiago's had been confronted by the Federales from Mexico City, they disappeared. No one knew where, no one really cared either. They were gone and keeping his distance from Maria in order to ensure her safety had been forgotten weeks ago. The Santiago's, wherever they were, would surely be blamed for any more violence and were in too much trouble to create more for themselves. Charlie's time with Maria had increased to a daily thing. As spring gave way to summer and summer vacation, Maria was spending all of her time in the library. And that day, she was helping to oversee the delivery and installation of the computer system. The file server and the two terminals had previously been installed. An offer had been made to pay for the endless hours she was putting into getting things together for the opening of the most important thing to hit their community since gasoline. She wouldn't hear of it, though, believing in the cause just as much, if not more, than Charlie. Hers was a labor of love. How could such a petite, pretty young woman carry so much authority in her kind voice? This was Charlie's first thought as he found her for politely but effectively giving orders to the two men unloading the computers. He was amused by the way the workers jumped to her polite commands. It made him laugh out loud. The combination of voice looks and the way the men responded just didn't seem to match. Excuse me, ma'am, may I have permission to speak? Charlie mocked her authority. You may, she played along. How's it going? 
You got this covered, I see. Yes, I do, she said. She was obviously proud of herself. Dinner tonight, he asked. Well, of course, she replied, as if it would be unusual if they didn't have dinner together that night. They went on talking about the task of the day. Things like the computers were discussed. This wasn't the time to bring up what he'd learned from his discussion with his foster parents, even though he was busting to tell her that conversation would better be suited for dinner. Interrupting the flow of the day's activities at the library just didn't seem like a good idea after all. Dinner came soon enough. They met, as was their practice, at the house where he'd first stayed now so many weeks ago. Strips of beef in all the trimmings, known as dinner to Maria but fajitas to Charlie, were the source of enjoyment that night. The talk complimented the meal well, light, nothing heavy. Mr. and Mrs. Gomez joined them on the patio where they ate and sipped tall glasses of very sweet iced tea. Eventually, Maria's parents moved on to the indoors, leaving Charlie and Maria to themselves. Charlie actually felt a little dread. He knew that the writing was going to flow now. The book was going to be finished. Task completed. It would soon be time to go home. She sensed his mood change in a downward direction. Immediately it became the point of conversation. One minute happy and joking, then the next minute looking down and away. How could such a big swing not be noticed? Charlie, what's wrong? She asked. Nothing really. I talked to my parents today. You did? That's nice. Is everything okay? She asked. Yeah, they're fine. I've never heard you mention your parents before. I bet they're really special, she said. They are. They're my foster parents. Foster parents, she asked. Yeah, I never knew my real parents. Well, not that I can remember anyway. I see. Awkward moment. So what does one say to that? Maria took a gamble. You know much about your parents. I mean, your real parents, right? Funny you should ask. I thought I didn't, but I did. Well, it's hard to explain, but yes, I do know some things about them. You want to talk about it, she asked. She could see his eyes light up at the suggestion. He nodded and began to explain the entire story. He explained how he had gone skiing with his foster parents that summer before going to college. He explained all that surrounded that. But what he'd blocked out all these years was the talk that had taken place with his foster father that night before the accident. Charlie explained what he'd forgotten to his friend Maria, seeing both of his parents drown at the age of four had to be beyond horrible. But he remembered now. There was no actual memory of the event, just that he had been told that it happened. He did now, however, remember it all being described to him. In a strange fluke, it had never been discussed again. His foster parents had never brought it up again because Charlie had never asked about it again. Maria could tell he wanted to go deeper into what had happened. She pushed for more details by asking exactly what happened to his real parents. He paused for a while, thinking, 
the lines on his forehead wrinkled. From what I now remember my foster dad telling me, it seems we were in a car taking a little joyride on a Sunday afternoon. I was in the back. My mother and father were in the front. Apparently, my dad had a drinking problem. He took a turn too fast, lost control, and landed us in a small pond. Small, but deep. The car went under. He pulled me out first, set me on the bank of the pond, and went after my mother. He never came back. Oh, Charlie. Maria was filled with genuine hurt for him. Charlie's fingers were interlocked, and his hands were calmly sitting on the table. She placed her petite hands on his and gently squeezed. You know, I have absolutely no memory of any of that, he said. I can remember barely going to church with my foster parents. That's my first memory. Well, if it makes you feel any better, said Maria, I don't remember much from that age either. And I didn't have any traumatic experience like you're describing here. So you're saying it's normal to not remember things from that early of an age? Some people do, some don't, said Maria. It seems to me that I learned in this class I took in college about human growth and development that there's really no specific age for remembering things. There's just a point where we start to remember, and it's different for everyone. Either way, I know it happened, said Charlie. I know how it happened. I know what happened. It's what I've been needing to get on with my writing, a hurdle to jump so I can finish. You're leaving? She asked. A surprised tone was in her voice. Strange how the thought had really never crossed her mind until now, that is. Well, I'm going to finish the book. It shouldn't take long. I'll make sure the library gets off to a good start, too. Then, well, yes, I'll have to be getting back. I have a law practice that's waiting for me, along with mountains of work, I'm sure. Maria pretended to keep her disappointment at the thought hidden, but did let go of his hands. She forced a smile. We still planning to open the library on July 15th? Well, we're scheduled for that, aren't we? He said. That's five weeks from now. The first draft of the book ought to be finished by then. I think now I can get back to writing all day. There's really not much for me to do at the library now. Besides, I thought I'd set up a little corner for myself and knock this thing out. Good idea, she said. The conversation died with Maria's comment. Dead silence followed. Things wanted but not gotten. Disappointment, hurts. They both felt it. Their conversation that night was the beginning of the end. Could that have been? That question is left up to laying in a field on a lazy Sunday afternoon with puffy clouds in the sky and a butterfly fluttering overhead. No clouds, though. It was dark outside. Ever seen an orange and yellow monarch floating on puffs of air at night? Doesn't happen. Reality check time hit them both hard that night. They went on to talk about other things before their evening ended. The Santiago's, the library, the rumored romance between Michael and Margarita that had the town abuzz with gossip, all were talked about. 
It was off left though. Charlie leaving was really the only thing either could think about. They didn't speak of it though. Finally, it came time for the evening to end. The urge Charlie had to kiss Maria to grab hold of her and never let go was nothing like he'd ever felt before. He didn't do it though. Her life was there. His was in California. He remembered something Margarita and Michael had told him when they retold their stories of being inside the Santiago mansion. Focus, they told him, focus. To get through this, he'd definitely have to focus on his writing and library. Anything but Maria. He needed to focus. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.